0: Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Magazine for Wednesday, July 26th. I'm Hannah Flohr with KFSK News. Birdwatching is one of the fastest growing nature-based tourism sectors in the world, and the hobby is soaring in popularity in Alaska. Now, Audubon, Alaska is swooping in on the bird boom. The organization partnered with the U.S. Forest Service and the Alaska Department of Fish and Game to create the Southeast Alaska Birding Trail. It's a free virtual guide to 18 communities across the bird-rich region. Lauren Cusimano is a spokesperson for the Audubon Alaska. She says Southeast's unique biodiversity is what put the region on her organization's radar.
1: It's just a distinct area of the country and of the world. It has the largest gathering of bald eagles in the world. It's home to the largest national forest in the country. It just kind of calls for this kind of attention.
0: Southeast hosts nearly 400 bird species. The region is a global destination for migratory birds. It's also a global destination for a certain category of human, the kind carrying binoculars. So how does the app work? It helps users keep track of the species they're spotting. It also shares a bit about regional geography and cultural history. Guzmano says it can even tell you about the trail under your boots.
1: Amenity details, like are there restrooms? Is there a parking available? It, it, what's the accessibility situation? And are there entry fees?
0: Petersburg is a major destination on the birding trail. The app highlights 18 distinct birding sites nearby.
1: Yeah, Mikoff Island is obviously huge as far as like boarding in the inside passage. So we're talking Petersburg, Cree, uh Sandy Beach. I feel like every community in Southeast has a sandy beach. Um, Little Dry Island, places like that.
0: Kuzumano says Audubon, Alaska plans to ride the new ecotourism wave. The project's mission is to support industries that rely on healthy, intact ecosystems.
1: We want to help contribute to the growth of these local economies by bringing attention to the birding opportunities that are in the area. This is a way to generate uh, economic needs away from maybe like timber sales and development.
0: With the goal of inspiring environmentally conscious economic growth, Audubon Alaska's next step is to flock together with small outdoor recreation businesses to promote the app in Southeast heavy tourism stopovers. A commercial saner capsized in Whale Passage just north of Port Lyons on the northeast corner of Kodiak Island over the weekend. According to a press release from the Alaska State Troopers, the fishing vessel Aowen had four people aboard when it capsized. However, no one needed serious medical attention and only minor injuries were reported. Crew members told troopers they were trapped in the vessel's cabin for about three minutes before they escaped. According to the release, they made their way to the saner's skiff which stayed upright as the main boat flipped. A trooper patrol boat, the Chumai, brought the boat's crew back to Kodiak after another unnamed fishing vessel towed the Owen to shore. Wrangell's late summer festival, celebrating the height of bear se- season, comes out of hibernation this week. Bear Fest kicks off today with workshops on bear safety and art. The festival runs through July 30th, Concluding with the end of the marathon. Festival highlights are set to include three evenings of presentations on bear related research, local berry pie and smoked salmon contests, the annual Bearfest dinner and auction at the Staquin restaurant on Friday, a beekeeping workshop, golf tournament and community market all on Saturday, and the Bearfest Marathon, half marathon, and five K races on Sunday. This year's featured musical guests are Americana artists Matt Eckstein of Savannah, Georgia, and Eric Dobert of Beaufort, South Carolina. Eckstein is a returning musical artist who's played at Bearfest before. The pair of musicians are set to host a jam session and music workshop at the Nolan Center at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Later that evening, they'll perform together at an undetermined location. More information about BearFest events and the full weekend schedule can be found at alaskabearfest.org or on the Alaska BearFest Facebook page. Five days after fishermen in Bristol Bay protested the record low price for sockeye salmon, processors still haven't budged. Many fishermen are considering selling their permits and boats, but for young members of the fleet, the decision on whether to return next year is especially difficult. Jack Darrell reports from Dillingham.
2: Wesley Blau and Jordan Maynor are childhood friends. Growing up, crewing on their father's boats in Bristol Bay. Now in their mid-twenties, they live in Huna, Alaska, and Bainbridge Island, respectively. But they return each season to Deckhand. Blau says it's like a family reunion.
3: Is the only time we see each other, but you build friendships and everything and the camaraderie amongst fishermen every summer because we are all technically have our own business with our own boat, but we're all in this together.
2: Four weeks into the fishing season, processors posted a record low base price of 50 cents per pound, less than half of last year's price, igniting outrage and frustration among crews across the fishery. Their fathers, Darren Maynor and Shane Blau, helped organize the protest in the Naknek River where over 100 boats anchored up in a demonstration, calling on processors to increase the base price and transparency in the fishery. Blau, Maynard, and their fathers have been through many fishing seasons, but this is their first protest together. And Maynard says it might be his last year commercial fishing.
3: And frankly, it scared me away from fishing. I would have loved to be involved in this. My dad's been doing this for a long time, and I wish I could have gotten involved, but there's just no way you can make that risk for a family or build up anything when you just don't know what you're
2: making. Wesley's father, Shane Blau, says it's the lowest price he's seen in his 35 years of fishing.
3: It's been hard. It's been tears.
2: Blau says as costs and uncertainty increase each season, he's discouraging his children from following in his footsteps. And... As a lifelong fisherman, it's heartbreaking.
3: But the last thing you want is your children to get strapped to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt and then have the rug pulled out from under them. And uh, that's what's going on. I didn't think it would happen quite this way, quite this fast, but it has. And uh, thank goodness that uh, you know I've given my kids that advice and right
2: now they see it clear-eyed. Blau's son Wesley says he's been considering investing in a boat and the fishery for the last six years. But with this season's price news, he's listening to his father and making other plans.
3: My whole entire life, that's all I've ever wanted to do is buy a boat and get into fishing. But anymore, I'm thinking there's no point in coming out here, getting in all this debt, and then just hoping they're going to pay us a little something. I can't afford to do that.
2: Blau says he almost bought a boat, but was advised against taking on the more than $80,000 of debt, which turned out to be a blessing. He says his father has been warning him they would have a year like this.
3: You know, he's like, not only are you going to spend the rest of your 20s trying to get back above water on debt and everything. He's like, he's like, I'm not going to let you go down. So you're going to take me down with you and you're going to kill a multi-generational fishing family.
2: The other Blau says it was a hard lesson he learned from experience starting at age 18 after buying his first boat and permit.
3: The sockeye price collapsed and whether I wanted to be in the business or not, I was for the next ten years.
2: The thirty two foot fiberglass or aluminum fishing vessels of the Bristol Bay Drift Fleet often range between a hundred thousand to over one million dollars. And a fishing permit for the Bay this year is valued almost a hundred ninety thousand according to the Commercial Fisheries Entry Commission. There are other costs too insurance Taxes, state permitting, boat storage, and annual maintenance. Denali Hodgden is a young commercial fisher. They spoke to KDLG while preparing fish for the winter. They're Athabaskan and Sugpiak and grew up in South Naknek, set netting with their family. For local residents, fishing is their livelihood. They emphasize this low price will impact Alaska Native communities in Bristol Bay the hardest, where cost of living can be three, even four times higher.
4: Folks that are living in the lower 48
0: that have access to a larger job market, that have access to other grocery outlets, to other food opportunities, are going to have an easier time than people that rely on this fishery here in Bristol Bay for their main income source during the year.
2: Hodgson says that these fish prices hurt everyone, but there are many ways that costs and significant debt can pile up on young fishers especially as more expensive boats can fish longer and outcompete smaller operations
0: and it's not it's not right it's like pull yourself up from your bootstraps and invest in in what you can but again not everybody is starting at the same at the same place
2: for all the young fishers in Bristol Bay there's anger and frustration and hurt but also laughter and reminiscing fishers talk about what the fishery means to them and why it's worth fighting for. In Knack I'm Jack
0: Darrell. The Biden administration has carved out $120 million for tribal communities across the nation to adapt to climate change. It's part of $440 million set aside for tribes from the Bipartisan Infrastructure, Infrastructure Act and other federal spending. The administration says it's the largest amount of climate change funding for tribes in the history of the Bureau of Indian Affairs. But as Rhonda McBride found out, that money won't go far in Alaska.
4: As director of the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium's climate change initiative, Jackie Schaefer travels to communities on the front lines of climate change. New funding coming out, it's great. Any drop of funding that we have the ability to access is good. But And in that word, but, there's a lot to unpack. Schaefer says this latest round of funding won't even cover half of what it'll take to move Kivalina, a community in the Northwest Arctic that's on the edge of being devoured by the ocean. Another problem, the federal grant is competitive, which means that drop of funding will disappear into a huge bucket to be shared with tribes across the country. Schaefer says... The communities which face the biggest threat should have top priority. In a statement, the Assistant Secretary for Indian Affairs, Brian Newland, calls it a historic investment that gives tribes the resources they need to develop and implement protective strategies for their communities. Newland says tribes should look at this first $120 million as a down payment for more help once the needs are identified and prioritized. He said that this funding builds on the work that the Biden-Harris administration is doing across Alaska and Indian country, including $25 million that went to Newtalk and Napakiak for relocation costs. Schaefer says this is good to hear, but believes the federal government has yet to grasp the true cost of climate change for communities like Kivalina, even a water system, an average water system is seventy to one hundred million dollars for a community that size, so When you look at that, then you start adding those costs. It really is, it's expensive to build a whole new community. Schaefer says most of the homes in Harm's Way are old and in poor condition. Most of the housing, I would say 80% of the housing in our rural communities cannot be picked up and moved. This is something else that you have to look at. Rick Toman, one of Alaska's top climate experts, says Alaska has another very pricey problem that other states don't have, melting permafrost.
1: In 80 years, when people are looking back, the thawing permafrost is going to be one of the big, big ticket items that we will have had to deal with as Alaskans.
4: Toman says the planning for Alaska will be difficult and costly because with permafrost, there are so many unknowns.
1: We don't know the fine details. We don't know which stretches of roads will newly start to collapse under thawing permafrost. But we know it's going to happen somewhere and it's going to happen most places over the coming decades.
4: Jackie Schaefer deals with these unknowns every day in her job with the Tribal Health Consortium. But this is what she does know as she visits communities like Kivalina, an island once eight miles long, now reduced to a mile. Our people, because they're so connected to the land, air and sea, when they see things wash away that connects them to their ancestry, it's devastating. Realities, Schaefer says, that are hard to truly grasp in both cost and magnitude unless they're at your doorstep. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride.
0: For KFSK News, I'm Hannah Floor. Coming up, local and marine weather.
4: Support for KFSK is made possible in part by Alaska Commercial Electronics with sales, installation, and service of Marine Electronics. ACE, prioritizing reliable equipment and timely repairs at 908 South Nordic Drive and at 907-772-3893.
0: Well, it is currently 60 degrees up here outside the station in Petersburg. And in local weather, we have mostly cloudy skies with scattered rain showers throughout the day. Highs 64 to 72, and lows in the lower 50s. South winds turning westerly late, around 10 miles per hour. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy with highs 67 to 75, lows in the mid-50s, and northwest winds turning westerly late, around 10 miles per hour. Partly cloudy skies expected on Friday, highs 67 to 73, lows in the mid-50s, and west winds around 10 miles per hour. And we can expect mostly cloudy skies on Saturday and Sunday. Chance of rain showers, highs 66 to 72, and lows in the mid-50s. And then mostly cloudy skies again Monday and Tuesday, with a chance of rain showers, highs 66 to 72, and lows in the mid-50s. And the sun rose this morning at 4.39 a.m. It will set tonight at 9.17 p.m., And we had a high tide this morning at 7.43 a.m. That was a 10.7 foot. Low tide coming up at 1.31 p.m. That is a 4.2 foot tide. And then high tide again tonight at 7.54 p.m. That's a 14 foot. And in the marine forecast... Our synopsis is a weak high pressure over the Gulf, and southeast Alaska will persist through at least midweek and then build in stronger towards the end of the week. For Stevens Passage today, south winds at 10 knots, becoming 15 knots, seas to 2 feet or less, and then turning to 3 feet. For tonight, southwest winds at 15 knots in the evening, becoming light, seas to 3 feet. Tomorrow, northwest winds at 10 knots, becoming southwest in the afternoon, sees two feet or less, and tomorrow night, south winds at 10 knots, sees two feet or less. Southern Chatham Strait, today, southwest winds at 10 knots, sees two feet or less. Tonight, northwest winds at 10 knots, sees two feet or less, and tomorrow, northwest winds at 10 knots, becoming southwest in the afternoon, sees two feet or less. Tomorrow night, southwest winds at ten knots, sees two feet or less. For Frederick Sound, today light winds becoming south to ten knots, sees two feet or less. Tonight, northwest winds at ten knots in the evening, becoming light, sees two feet or less. Tomorrow, northwest winds at ten knots, becoming southwest in the afternoon, sees two feet or less. And tomorrow night, southwest winds at ten knots, sees two feet or less. For Sumner Strait today, southwest winds at 10 knots and seas 2 feet or less. And tonight, west winds at 10 knots with seas to 2 feet or less. Tomorrow, west winds continuing at 10 knots, those seas also at 2 feet or less. And then those west winds continue tomorrow night at 10 knots with seas remaining at 2 feet or less. For Clarence Strait today, northwest winds at 10 knots, seas 2 feet or less. And tomorrow, Northwest winds at 10 knots, seas two feet or less. And the same for tomorrow night. Northwest winds at 10 knots, seas two feet or less. Coming up next, we're going to have community calendar and birthdays. Support comes from Bearing Song with lessons
4: for beginning guitar, ukulele and violin and a women's group ukulele class. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 1 to 5 p.m., or by appointment at 907-978-6365,
0: Bearing Song, A Place of Inspiration. We've got one muskeg message here. This goes out to Don Richards. I can't drive with my arm in a sling. That is from Ronnie. And happy birthday to everybody born today, July 26th, including Vicky Curtis, Rocky Flint, Derek Thorson, Larry Lenz, Don Richards, Bob Ratliff, Patrick Murphy, Scott Polar, and Nels Evans. Filing for candidacy for the Petersburg Borough election is open. The filing deadline is August 22nd. That's a Tuesday. Forms are available in the municipal building on the second floor. They're also on the Borough website. Seats are available for school board, hospital board, planning commission, assembly mayor also the harbor board and parks and rec and public safety advisory boards the petersburg borough election will be held on tuesday october 3rd the last day to register and qualify to vote is sunday september 3rd voter registration forms are available at the front desk of the borough administration office on the second floor of the municipal building the office is open monday through friday from 8 a.m. until 4:30 p.m. Community gym portion of the Parks and Rec Community Center will be closed for sewer line repair. The closure for this portion of the facility will be through mid-September. Tai Chi Exercise Group meets each Monday and Wednesday at 7 a.m. upstairs in the Mountain View Manor Social Hall and also on Fridays at 8 a.m. via Zoom. All are welcome, and for more information, you can call 907 772 three seven three six. Petersburg Rotary Club meets each Wednesday at noon at the Salvation Army Hall on Fram Street. Everyone is welcome. The Common Good is a local show on KFSK that highlights nonprofit projects and acts of service in the area. It airs each Thursday morning at eight thirty AM and tomorrow conversation with Joel Jackson about the organized village of Cakes plans for a cultural healing center for people struggling with alcohol and substance abuse and other issues. Stories in Motion for Children ages 0 through 3 is held each Thursday at the Petersburg Public Library at 11 a.m. And there's another one for kids ages 4 through 7 held each Friday at 11 a.m. also at the Public Library. You can get more information on that online at P-S-G-L-I-B.org. You can also call the library at 907-772-3349. The Petersburg Medical Center Board of Directors will meet tomorrow, July 27th, at 5 p.m. in the Dorothy Ingle Conference Room at the Medical Center. The agenda for the meeting is posted on the KFSK online community calendar. Our humpback Whales, the Gardeners of the Sea. That's the topic of a presentation by humpback whale researcher Dana Block. The presentation will be tomorrow, July 27th, at 6.30 p.m. at the Petersburg Public Library. For more information, contact SUNNY at 907-772-3381. The annual Paddle Battle will be held on Saturday, July 29th, from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Kayaks, canoes, paddleboards, and bikes are welcome. Paddlers begin at 10 a.m. Peddlers begin at 11 a.m. The course is Scow Bay to Sandy Beach Park, and the event supports the Petersburg Medical Center Foundation. Prizes include Alaska Airlines tickets, a kayak, and a packable outdoor puffer blanket. All are welcome to the finish line at around 11 a.m. until noon at Sandy Beach Park. Information and registration at pmcak.org. Yoga with Karen Malcolm is is happening at the public library each Saturday. That is at 11 a.m. All levels are welcome, and you just need to bring your own mat and $5. The Petersburg Public Health Center is offering immunizations for kids prior to the start of the school year. To schedule an appointment, call 907-772-4611 or stop by the office in the lower level of the Petersburg Medical Center off of the Fram Street parking lot. And Head Start Well Child exams are available at the Petersburg Public Health Center. To schedule an appointment for your child, call 907-772-4611. You can also stop by the office located in the lower level of the Petersburg Medical Center off the Fram Street parking lot. Well, thanks for joining me for Midday Magazine today. This is Hannah Floor, And uh, coming up next, we're going to have Bird Note. That is followed by Street Beat with Leo Luzak here on KFSK Petersburg.
3: Programming KFSK is brought to you in part by El Sarape, serving Mexican food seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and 8 to 7 on Sundays, with breakfast to get you started until 11 a.m. and taking to-go orders at... 907-518-1611. That's El Sarape. This is Bird Note. A flock of jays is emerging at the forest edge. Their heads are blue and white, with a long black crest curling forward.